Good morning, and welcome to this episode of SPED Talk. We're excited with the visitors that we have with us today. We're excited with the location that we're at today. We're excited about uh, coming together to be able to share the information that we're going to be sharing today. I'm going to start out with Evan. Evan, could you please introduce yourself and kind of let us know a little bit about what you're doing? Yeah, so we're so happy today to be having a partnership between Region 16, which is where we are in Amarillo, and some representatives from Amarillo College. So I'm going to ask everybody to go around the room and introduce themselves. I'm Evan Heckman. I'm one of the special education liaisons from Region 10, which is in the greater Dallas area. Who, who we got over here? My name is Dennis Serene, uh, Director of Education, Preparation, and Child Development at Amarillo College. Of course, I'm Jennifer DeLeon, Education Liaison from Region 17 and one of the SPED talk Talkers. I'm Patty Garcia from Region 14 in Abilene and also a special education liaison. My name is Cece Mongrain. I am an education major at Amarillo College. And I'm Kara Skidgel. I'm a special education liaison for Region 16 in Amarillo, Texas. It's cool, I think, that before we get into these questions to recognize that we don't just have liaisons and professionals, i.e. a rep from Amarillo College. We got a student we with do. us today. And that's Which is exciting. a cool perspective to have, right? That's really exciting to have that perspective because we don't really generally get that student perspective. So that's part of the, the excitement of today. Thank you for having me. Okay, so let's start out. Can you guys tell us a little bit more about this partnership between Region 16 and Amarillo College? What, what's going on there? So as a special education liaison, our special education team at the service center in Amarillo started thinking, man, we have a disconnect. We are preparing professional development for administrators, paraprofessionals. We're preparing um, training for teachers um, across our, our districts, but we're missing the mark in one particular area. We're not meeting the needs of aspiring teachers who are trying to actually enter the field. And so we kind of thought, hmm, what opportunities could we build with our local community colleges and four-year universities to help bridge the gap between aspiring teachers and certification? That's pretty cool. So how, how, did, how did this connection come about? So at the Service Center, we started out with Opportunity One, which was simply asking our um, directors of education at the universities and local colleges one simple survey question we sent it out in an email and the question was tell us if we did partner with your university or your local college what would the students that you have that are aspiring to be teachers need and their responses overwhelmingly were that they need support networking professional development and experiences and opportunities um, that lead to their professional development so from there, we took it to opportunity two, which was inviting those very people who committed to filling out that survey to a luncheon. And at that luncheon, we asked them simply one more question. What are the top five things you see aspiring teachers needing more information about? And they came up with a list, and the list was, uh, there was a consensus in the list. IEP accommodations and modifications, classroom management, of course, with behavior, um, ECSE programming, PLC, in a time and space to PLC. From there, that led to opportunity number three. And I'll let um, our, our representatives here from Amarillo College share a little bit about opportunity three because we took our team out to Amarillo College. And so I'll let him share kind of how that experience went. So we offer uh, 
Intro to Education, um, which gives our aspiring teachers the opportunity to start their observation hours in the field, which is 16 hours. And then we also offer a special populations class. It's EDUC 2301. In that class, our students are exposed to um, the special services that are provided for our students with special needs. And that was the way that we clicked and saw Region 16 as a powerful uh, supporter of our students. And they came in uh, to our EDUC 2301 and facilitated a lesson slash training, made connections, stayed for our Teach Club, which is an organization that provides student engagement. And uh, I would say, I'll tap on my colleague Rochelle Fouch, she cooks a home-cooked meal. And so we have a huge response to our Teach Club. And so that allows us to see it from the student's lens and the student's perspective. And when Region 16 said, let's do this, we were all on board. Our students saw that we're invested. Amarillo College has a job to do uh, in teacher preparation, and that's to provide our students with 60 hours that do transfer and apply to a university so that they can get their teaching certificate. And why does that matter? Because an associate's degree from Amarillo College in education makes the student a very highly qualified classroom assistant. In our area, that's a twelve dollars to $15,000 career. We're trying to break the poverty line for our students. And we have first-generation students. We're a Hispanic-serving institution. Um, if we transfer the students and they complete their teacher certification, they are going to triple their income, and it's a life-changing move. And so the completion, retention, and transfer is our top priority. And so as our students ask for us to step up, we thought this would be a great opportunity for them to step into the professional realm of teaching. That's a great way to look at how you can help people looking to grow as professionals, helping those individuals who are aspiring to be teachers. Kara, why don't the two of y'all take turns telling us a little bit about, okay, how does this partnership not just help those who are aspiring? How does it help those who need teachers? How does it help with teacher shortages? How does it help with high areas of need like special education certification? Sure, that was really one of our biggest goals was how do we meet the need of those high area, high need areas, specifically special education. This partnership, um, was built around the idea of how can we prepare aspiring teachers with the background information they need about special populations they will serve. Um, Amarillo, um, or Region 16, I should say, serves 89% of the students that we serve are economically disadvantaged. 18% um, of those students are served in either special education or 504. 40 plus percent of those are considered um, emergent language students. And so we knew that Aspiring teachers need to realize that also as they're preparing um, and learning in the classroom. We needed to go in and share with them what those special populations mean and how to actually meet those needs so that when they do enter the field as year one teachers, that they're better prepared through their special populations course to actually meet the needs of the students who will be walking in their door the, year, the first year they sit down to teach. I want to pull the student perspective into this and that challenge, the challenge that it's presenting or it presented to you and how Amarillo College in this partnership with Region 16, how did that partnership address challenges for you specifically? So it, it helped me tremendously. So I am a, a non-traditional student. I'm 32. I had dropped out of AC 
probably about 10 years ago and then came back. I'm a mom of two. I work full time. And so for me, it's difficult to actually go to in-person, in-class um, uh, courses. And so to have events like what Region 16 puts on, I went to the Ignite Night for new teachers and for education students. And that was such a great experience. Um, they, they put together a panel of veteran teachers, of teachers that are currently in the field, of new teachers, and they kind of let us ask them questions, but they also shared their personal experience. It was very inspiring. I think brought a lot of us to tears, um, but also gave us a lot of insight that our textbooks might not be able to give us. Um, so when I'm sitting at home and studying, I'm reading a textbook that was probably maybe published in 2015. Well, that's not addressing the issues that we have post-COVID. It's not addressing the issues that I'll face going into my first year of teaching. And then getting to interact with my peers is something I don't get a lot of as a, as a student that does online courses. And so getting to interact with my peer group, with other education students, and say like, oh, you've got these same concerns, you've got the same anxiety built up about, you know, what do we do this first year? And, you know, you have the same questions about, you know, how do we do an IEP? What is this? You know, and so for Region 16 to give us some insights into those things and give us some tools, I don't think that most of the girls that I was in breakout sessions with even knew that the resources were available on the TEA website. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, I saw that in my SPED observations okay, this makes sense. I'm putting the pieces together. I'm figuring out where I can find these things. Um, so it was very helpful for me. Um, it was one of those experiences um, that will stand out as um, you know, a big moment in my education. Um, and the, the cool thing was they put together these little hashtags. And so by clicking on the hashtag, when I posted my little selfie, I got to interact I got, I got to continue the interaction right. um, and see those girls again. I'm like, oh, they just graduated. Oh, they're doing awesome. Oh, they just got hired. Like, and, and we get to follow each other and continue that relationship and build those ties and, and network with each other. And, and that's, I think that's so valuable. I'm hearing a little bit about what you're doing and gaining and how you're getting prepared. I really want to ask, sort of as a follow-up to my question, how does you getting prepared help solve a need out in district student teachers? And how are you guys at Amarillo College? She mentioned non-traditional student. How are you helping address shortages? Is it, is it a shorter period of time? Is it non-traditional classes? Like what are you doing to be able to get more people certified in classrooms quicker? So there's no easy answer to that. Transfer to a university is hard. Um, and knowing our students and seeing it through their lens is even harder. So to provide that in Region 16, I have kind of an advantage because I worked seven years for Region 16 and, and know the services that they offer and know that they serve 61 school districts and rural communities. And so there's a challenge because we not only have the Amarillo College student that is in Amarillo, but we're also serving our regional partners. Um, I'll use Friona ISD as an example. And so those students are all online. They're working with our cohort, but we had to design and partner with universities that would take our students as they are to certify them along the way. And so with West Texas A&M University, they have a traditional teacher pathway and they have a para pathway. And so the traditional para or traditional teacher pathway is one year methodology, second year student teaching or clinical teaching. And that's one of the things that we've really tried to work hard with is, is matching our acronyms with our universities. So we have educator preparation programs and we've make sure that we use that language so our students are familiar with it. 
Um, we have a partnerships with Texas Women's University where paraprofessionals can uh, graduate from Amarillo College, go into the field, and then work for two years. And during that two years, they're gaining their experience in methods and student teaching while being paid as a classroom assistant. We've also par partnered with, <laughs> excuse me, We've also partnered with Texas Tech University and Amarillo ISD specifically. Two years at Amarillo College, and then one year in Amarillo, uh, Texas Tech has hired a person to facilitate the, the program. They do one year in Amarillo, and they're guaranteed a position. Uh, we have, uh, the first year we had seven hires, this year we have nine hires. Our goal is to get to 20 hires, and if you talk with people, uh, they'd like to grow that even, even further. So. When we advise, work with, um, talk with our students, we ask them what pathway, and then we stick to that pathway. Because in the, at the community college level, the more times a student changes their degree plan, the less likely they're going to graduate. And so when you come into our program, we have the, we have the conversation of you have to have a 2.75 GPA to transfer to an educator preparation program. That's critical. And then I have to say the ugly thing of, I know you want to take fun classes and ceramics is great, but let's do that as continuing ed because I want these 60 hours complete. I want you to go spread your wings and fly because we do have, um, you can you can go to the Region 16 website and see the gap of teachers that we have. And I've yet to have a superintendent come to me and say, oh my gosh, quit certifying teachers. I have too many. And I would, I would go to say that 61 districts probably need special education majors. Um, and with that being said, uh, one of the things that has come from the Ignite Night is we had students come uh, and say, I want to go to a university where I can certify in special ed. That's the population of students I want to work with. I want to coach. I want to teach. So um, there's no one size fits all with us. And we tried to do that, but we found that our students needed unique opportunities for their certification pathway. Yeah, it sounds like it, it sounds like not only is it Region 16, and not only is it Emerald College, but it's also that you are getting commitments from the local ISDs. It's also that other universities are saying, yes, we're willing to partner with you because we recognize the need for prepping people for these classroom situations, which is great that you know, the outreach is allowing for multiple partners to come into play. Absolutely. Um, yes, Evan, I agree. And I, I love the innovativeness of this whole partnership. Um, can I hear more success stories? I know we heard from this student, um, but can you think of other success stories about how this partnership um, prepares aspiring teachers for the challenges within the classroom, and the classroom right now? For sure. Um, at Region 16, I, I spoke earlier about the first two opportunities that we held. Um, the third opportunity was to actually go out and meet with uh, the, the campus, the, sorry, the universities and the colleges and create some sort of partnership, right? And Dennis spoke about when we went out and we taught their coursework and then we went to their um, teach club and helped them network and get connected to those resources. But probably our baby, our, our most pride and joy was our Ignite Night. Um, it was an early teacher success Ignite Night. We invited aspiring teachers from across the Texas Panhandle to attend. Um, it was a two hour event hosted at the service center and during that, we had a panel like Cece, our student, just shared with you, and they, showed a, they shared about their inspirational moments, what made them love teaching. And that brought a lot of the aspiring teachers to tears because they, 
they can connect with that. Everyone can relate with a teacher that's impacted them in that way. Um, and then we shared a problem of practice where we, we introduced them to a student and the student's disabilities and the true challenges that they actually face every day when they come to school. And we gave them the resources and networks off of TA's website as a scavenger hunt to go through and look at and see what would you utilize to help you plan and prepare for this particular student, um, as well as a design sprint challenge where they were able to, as a collaborative team, create a tool um, or a resource that would help support the student academically or um, emotionally. And that was a huge success, just to see the innovativeness in the students, to see the aspiring teachers work on their feet. In five minutes, they were able to create a tool and be able to share and present that and why they chose to make what they make. And that's what they do every day in class. Mm -hmm. if, they're, if they're a teacher, they're going to have to think on their feet. They're going to get a student in. Mm -hmm. They're going to see that they have a need, and they've got to be able to pivot for that student. So we kind of help set up some lab experiences and opportunities that would help them see that through. I want to go back and connect to a couple of things that Cece said and something that Kara just mentioned because we're talking about the experience, the problem of practice, and then she mentioned also, you know, we got to talk about um, information or we got to talk about and share or they, they shared with us what's happening in the classroom. And she also mentioned the textbooks that were out of date, that were pre-COVID and doesn't, they don't really address issues that are taking place that problem of practice and giving them that practical experience of what actually happens in the classroom. Talk to us a little bit about that connection and how that's really helping. And so this is kind of a, a both of you. Mm -hmm. From that practical experience and going through that problem and addressing and pivoting in the classroom within five minutes, mm -hmm. how did that impact you as a student and how does that help address some of those things that teachers face in the classroom daily? Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so um, a couple of people that stood out to me on that panel. Um, one was a veteran teacher. I think she had taught at the same elementary school for, I think she said, like, close to 40 years. And then the other one was a brand new teacher, first year. Um, and she, I don't remember what ISD she was at, but it was one of the smaller towns surrounding Amarillo. Um, and what the, the new teacher touched on was feeling that sense of, I don't know if I can do this again. You know, I don't know if I can walk through those doors again. This is overwhelming. Yeah. I feel ill-prepared. And talking about, you know, these kids are still coming off of that COVID year. And they're still coming off of all the, the emotions that came from that COVID year. And how to kind of regulate their emotions and how to listen to them and be empathetic and realize that when they're walking through those doors, they probably feel the same way and to show that empathy and remember why you're doing this, remember you're doing it for the kids. And for the veteran teacher, the, the thing that she said that stood out to me so much um, was understand them as a human being, don't understand them as just the student that you take care of for eight hours a day, but get them out of the classroom. Um, ask your student what their favorite memories are and, and listen to them. And she said that the majority will tell you it's, memories that happen outdoors get your kids out of the classroom and she she said you know get innovative you know think outside of the box and 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 even if you're new don't feel like you have to you know have everything so so structured because what the kids need is you know it's it's individualized and so that was that moved me a lot and and hearing from 
someone that's brand new and a, a veteran teacher and kind of them sharing the exact same thing, which is you've really got to connect to these students on a personal level and realize that they're, they are not the average student. And, and what Kara was saying, none of our students in Region 16 are the average student, unfortunately. They're, they're all um, dealing with, you know, not all, but you know, the, the vast majority is dealing with poverty issues. And, and they're, they're dealing with things at home that maybe none of us have experienced in our own lives. And so we have to be empathetic. We have to understand, hey, if they were missing that one day at school, let's not jump down their throat. Say, hey, I missed you. Uh, I, I hope you're okay. I missed you in my class. My, my day wasn't as bright without you. And really get in touch with those students and, and find a way to help them and to support them um, and give them what they need when they might not get that anywhere except our, our eight hours in the class. Right. I'm, I'm hearing some empathy. And I'm, I'm, I'm hearing, hearing some, some relationships relationship building, and, and yes. it and sounds like there's some some innovation in how this program is being built. I wonder if there's any design thinking that happened mm. in the uh, in the production of of this process coming to be. I'm interested, Dennis, a little bit in you know, Cece talked about her situation. She talked about being a non-traditional student. Um, you guys have talked about your efforts to grow how many people you can get. Uh, to that certification process. Tell me a little bit about your program, taking those aspiring teachers, whether they're traditional, non-traditional, and how it preps them to work with the diverse student population that we often talk about, that group of students with a particular sets of needs, right? Kara mentioned earlier about some of the poverty associated with those students growing up in this area. We talk about students with special needs, talk about including them, how we educate students with other students. Dennis, can you talk a little bit about the preparation of the aspiring teachers to work specifically with students with special needs? So I'm going to tap on your word, empathy. Um, I work with two of the most empathetic, um, amazing teacher preparation professionals, uh, Rochelle Fouts and Trina Ryder. And one of the things that we have yet to hear from our students yet is we care too much. We truly care about our students crossing the finish line and going into the classroom. Um, to answer your question of how do we um, train our students and teach our students, and I'd say it's all about Ignite. Ignite, open the door um, for our students to see what the true life inclusive uh, practices look like for a student with disabilities. Um, it connected them with professionals in the field and, and those uh, hashtags alone, not only were the students using it, but the professionals in the room were using it. So the students began, be, began to get access to have the opportunity to connect with somebody that's in the field. So they, they're not going at it alone. They have a champion cheering them on. Um, they have us as their instructors, professors cheering them on. And um, you know, in, in my background, I was a special education teacher and I talk a lot. I was also a special education student. And so I go at it from a different angle. We attack at a different angle so that when our students hear IEP, we, we brought that up, um, LEA, so we, we talk about the acronyms, that when they step into the classroom and they do those 32 hours observations, they know what and are familiarized with what's going on. And they're only supposed to observe, but a lot of times our students go in and step in and the teacher gives them an assignment, a role, um, an opportunity to work with a child that needs, you, we go RTI, tier three intervention, or tier two. And so 
the students are starting to get exposed to not only vocabulary that they're going to hear in the classroom, but the students that they're going to work with. And so uh, we've been very, very purposeful um, in how we place students and on what campuses and um, what they're going to be um, set up for uh, when they re receive their uh, teacher certificate. So we work with um, teachers that are passionate about the career of teaching, that believe all children can learn, and that um, some need a little bit extra. And so. I just have a, a quick comment. Um, as I'm listening to all of this conversation, um, the focus has also been not necessarily on what you teach, but how you teach. And I think that's vital in hearing, you know, CC talk about just being empathetic and meeting students where they are um, and really having empathy. Um, I've got this curriculum to cover how I cover it that's up to me and it's going to depend on my population I love that yeah when we uh, and I open up with this when I start my 2301 class connection and relationship mm -hmm. um, we model that as instructors to our students unless there's a connection and a relationship a student will not learn they will disengage uh, they'll step away they know the teacher that's passionate about their success they know and I can say from our program, we can look at the numbers and we can look that we had an 11% transfer rate and now we're at a 40% transfer rate. And our team could clap their hands and pat ourselves on the back because we are knocking it out of the park. We're not done yet because I truly believe that our, our transfer rate upon completion should be 100%. And people will kick back on that and they'll say, well, you know, 100 is a big goal. I go, okay, well, what would you like it to be? And they say, well, 90% is good. And I go, well, then you pick the 10 education majors in my program that you don't want them to cross the finish line so I don't have to work with them. They're like, well, 100% looks good. Um, we are all in with our students and, and we have students that transfer in from different programs that are offered at the college and um, we recruit from the high schools up. That's one of the programs I didn't um, discuss, but we have one to teach where our students are exposed to dual credit. And so they gather as much. If they come with three hours of dual credit, or they come with 30 hours of dual credit, or they come with their associates, they may bypass us all together. But we make sure from the end, we work with the uh, Taffy groups, um, Texas Association of Future Educators. Um, the students begin to know us in high school. So the transfer to Amarillo College is easy. And then the universities come to our campus, and Region 16 comes to our campus. So they're very familiar with the resources. Um, Region 16 could be a scary building if you haven't been in it before. And we, we, we break the ice. So, Yeah, they, they break the ice and make the, the process easier. We went to the students to get them registered as participants and users of Region 16. We went and showed them how to navigate our website, how to sign up for an account, how to register for a session, because they had to register for Ignite Night. And those things are can seem scary or to be honest, some first-year teachers just think that's the big building that some people go to for, for professional development, not everyone. And it's really a place for everyone, including aspiring teachers, to have access to resources. Cece, I'm going to put you on the spot again. Yes, so we talked, you know, you, you mentioned you're a non-traditional student. You mentioned you've been out of school. You're a mom. You're a wife. You're, you know, you have a family. You have a life while you're also trying to prepare to make a difference in kids' lives. What impact, as a non-traditional student, did these relationships have 
for you, the empathy that you've experienced to try to complete your work, and how far away from completing are you? That's a great question for me. So it's, it's been a night and day difference. So I started at Emerald College um, in 2009, and I was not an education major. I was um, a math media major. And came back and um, decided to switch to education. Had taken one education class prior, just to kind of get my toes in the water, see if I liked it. Wasn't sure about it. It was like, oh, I don't really like this teaching. I don't know if I can do this, all this stuff. And so I come back 10 years later, and the culture at Emerald College had changed dramatically. And I think that as a non-traditional student, that was the game changer for me. That they, they got me thinking like, okay, I can't do this. I'm not going to fail this time. I'm going to do it. And more online classes were offered. But then this partnership between Region 16 and Emerald College truly does help me. Um, the Ignite Night, I cannot say enough good things about that because they put it outside of normal hours. They were willing to stay later and cater to our needs as students and as non-traditional students. It started at 6 p.m. And so, yeah, I had to leave work, but I was still able to do it. You know, I was able to, to jump in and go because it wasn't during the hours when I've got a baby and I've, I've, I've got, you know, husbands at work. And so I'm like, oh, I've got the baby and then I have to rush and get ready and go to work and run around and all this stuff. It was at a time that worked for me. And it was a time that would work for new teachers. They, they've gone home already. They're, they've decompressed from the day and they can go to this event. And so that one was a real game changer for me. Um, that I can't say enough good things about having these events at, at non, and not the eight to five hours. Non-traditional yeah, hours. at non-traditional hours. I think that that is so helpful. The compassion is so helpful. Um, I didn't meet anyone at Region 16 that was not it's super encouraging. And my teachers have been amazing. Um, I, I've had such great experiences. I, I, didn't, I was not lucky enough to take fitness as a teacher, but I did take Rochelle and I did take Trina. And their empathy and their understanding that, hey, stuff comes up. Babies get ear infections. You, you know, they, I can work with you turning something in two hours late. It's okay. I understand I've been there. Um, that empathy and that compassion and that drive to have us succeed, it's, it's not a drive to um, just have us pass the class so they look at it on paper. It, it's really, truly, they want us to know this material. They want us to succeed. They want us to feel prepared. And they genuinely care. They build relationships. And, and that, to me, is the most important thing. I think that that is something that has made such an impact on me as how I want to teach. I want them to know, you know, it, even if I made a C, that C could feel like a Congressional Medal of Honor because that teacher cared about me and they made me feel so wanted in their classroom. And that's, that's how I feel when I'm at Region 16 events and that's how I feel when I am taking classes at AC. They want me to be here. Good. Ignite Night, Kara. I want you to, I, I, this is a shameless plug for Ignite Night. Tell us a little bit now about how, how students can get involved. How, how, how do you push for that? How can they reach out to you? How can they sign up for Ignite? What, what, how, tell us about getting people to Ignite Night. Absolutely. Uh, we want to really push our numbers this year. Our first ever Ignite Night was this spring, and it was a pilot. It was a prototype. We were just trying it out, and we had 61 students come. Um, it was a great event, huge success. Uh, we thought, well, if we even get like 10 people here. You got 61. <laughs> I know. That's we huge. just totally broke the mold. It was really great. Um, so 
to, to be able to attend Ignite Night, all you need to do is set up an account with Region 16 and register for the event. Uh, we'll be hosting Ignite Night um, in the fall of 2023, um, but we have big plans uh, to, to grow that actual program and, and host what we're going to call an Ignite Conference that will be a day in the spring of 2024. We don't have many details on it yet, but it will be posted on our website and you will be able to register there. Um, of course, we'll go out again and work with teach clubs to invite them personally, concierge service, as Dennis calls it, getting them registered to attend. Um, we even go so far as you need childcare, let us help you figure it out because we want you there. We want to network, we want to connect with you. We want you to feel like you're a professional in this field. Um, you know, as educators, we need to be very welcoming in getting new people into our, into our field and show them that we can help mentor them along the way. So this is a great event and I hope our numbers just skyrocket. skyrocket. Well, that's definitely something that we want to see. And, and I have to say that being able to reach out to those who really wanted to teach or really thought about going into the classroom or didn't think about going to the classroom, but then life happened. Mm -hmm. You know, life happens for everyone. Life happens whenever, you know, changes, changes take place and life goes on. But being able to draw those people back in to see their dream come to fruition, I think that is huge. So ultimately, with the partnership that you guys have developed with Ignite Night and with trying to pull in those that thought that it wasn't going to be possible, what do you think is the long-term goal for this partnership? What, where do you want to see this? Um, do you want to see it pivot? Do you want to see it continuing? Talk to us a little bit about that long-term goal that you guys envision. Sure, I'll go first. <laughs> okay. For Region 16, we of course want to see it continue. Our partnership with Emerald College is valuable. We have just seen so much um, positive affirmation from the actual event. We have seen and heard from students like CC here today about just how crucial it is to offer these. Um, and then we also see the need. In Region 16 alone, we hired 290 teachers with a non-traditional, no certification in the classroom. And we need to host these types of events for them so that they can continue to get some professional development in their first year. Um, we'd like to see the program actually expand by hosting the IGNITE conference um, and into our four-year university, West Texas A&M. Um, I mean, we would go so far as to branch into Texas Tech if they have us, um, even moving into the high schools and how can we help those students who are aspiring at that age as freshmen, as sophomores, juniors and seniors, how do we capture them, build capacity in them and keep growing them as educators? We've got to catch them, we've got to find them. We can't gatekeep our de professional development. We've got to open the doors. And I, I, I agree with everything that Kara said. Um, I see this growing um, tremendously, and I love, I, I know she said that we were going to have a night conference in the spring, and now I heard it again. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. We're going to have a big deal. That's a big deal, it and is. it's a big deal for our students. And for them to start putting on their teacher cap and coming out of junior college, it's unheard of. And to pass the baton, or what I say, we pack our treasures together and, mm -hmm. and hand them off to the university, um, it's, it's definitely good to have collaboration because when and our students will, every student does, hits a roadblock. They have a champion behind them, or they have a whole bunch of champions and cheerleaders, and we have students that return, and, and I'll peg on, um, Kara and Greg put together uh, an Ignite video just showing um, what it looked like. It's a, a quick um, 
say two minute, three minute video. Um, but one of the things that you'll see is one of the transfer students, it'll say West Texas A&M University, but that was one of our Amarillo College students that we walked across. And she was pivotal because she came back and I go, okay, what would you have done different? What would you have changed? What does it look like? She was, this is amazing. I didn't even know Region 16 that they did. And now I have this connection and this connection. They gave me their card and they gave their, and so we built the capacity for them to have a whole bunch of champions behind them. And our students don't have to go at it alone. We don't make them guess. This is getting a teaching certificate. We play it off as easy, but it is a complicated process. And if we don't put stones in the, in the student's way that they can leap from and jump on the next one, then we're not doing our job as a community college. It's our priority to make sure that they land um, in the university and certify. So the more partners we have, the more champions, the more likely the outcome. Well, I have to say that in this time, whenever we are struggling to try to find teachers to put them in the classroom, um, the, the program, the, the, the work that you guys have put into it is tremendous, and it's definitely making an impact. I don't know that we're going to see an end to the teacher shortage anytime soon. So, the, you know, the fact that you guys have set a goal of, of hopefully seeing, you know, 20 hires, I think that's amazing. That's incredible. So the work that you're doing is impacting not only the students that are coming to you through Amarillo College, but they're also impacting the millions of students in Texas, you know, the hundreds of thousands of students that you have in the Texas Panhandle. Um, is there anything else that you guys want to share with us? Evan, Evan, Patty, is there anything else that we feel, you know, we want to, to bring to the table? I just want to, well, again, give a kudos um, because it's the partnership, the program, but then here I hear you talking about <clears throat> the future boards going too with a partnership, but even the support even beyond graduation. How are we at the, serv at the service center? supporting those teachers so they continue. Um, and that's been a problem because sometimes, you know, we lose first year teachers. So kudos to you, kudos to, to Region 16 and the work, the partnership. Before we wrap it up, yes, kudos, yes, partnerships, future growth and, and goals of continued improvement. I think that the way to end this episode is to come back to CC student in the room absolutely and get on the spot again <laughs> and get kind of an answer that we didn't get to a question that was asked and then I'm gonna ask you one more follow-up so the question Jen said where are you in the process of this program where do you find yourself right now okay so I have two semesters left at Amarillo College I'm <laughs> taking three classes this summer three classes in the fall um, four hour, <laughs> three four-hour classes in the fall um, and then I will walk the stage in December. Um, and so I'm kind of faced with where do I transfer? Um, at this point, I would love to do the Tech Teach program, but I'm leaning towards the Texas Women's University program um, with how they adapt for um, non-traditional students. Right. I think that that's kind of the route that I need to go. Um, and, but I'm, I'm getting closer. I'm closer to the finish line. Um, and I, I'm excited. We're excited for you. And I may jump in there. Um, with the Texas Women's University program, one of the things that's unique to our campus, and as we talk about collaboration, is Texas Women's University is based in Denton. They're 325 miles away from there. When they come in and work with our students, their goal is not to take them to Denton, Texas, work in Dallas. The students will work here, work in there. So when we start talking about rural communities, 
Um, and that's huge in a rural community yeah, to be able to yeah. grow your own, so the, to speak. There are some superintendents that'll say, nobody comes to vacation in this little town. Um, the employees are there. Uh, we just have to find them. And so having the opportunity of Texas Women's University, West Texas A&M, where they don't want the student to leave their community, they want their student to stay in the community and certify is huge. And that's how we start changing um, the idea and the mindset of teacher certification. Right. Small town teacher need. Cece, you shared yesterday when we got to hear a little bit of your story that you grew up kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Yes. Kind of not by. <laughs> and so you are someone who has been one of those Absolutely. small town people yes. coming into this process. And so the last thing that I want to ask that I think our listeners will be really interested to know is this. What's it going to mean for you? How's this going to impact you when you get to finish this program, finish at Texas Women's, and enter the workforce as a certified educator in the state of Texas? Well, my heart started fluttering, so if that tells you anything, um, it would be life-changing for me. Um, I have worked two to three jobs for most of my adulthood. Um, and so to be able to get into a field that I want to be in, um, and it's not a got to scramble to make ends meet. It is something that I want to do. It's something that I have become passionate about doing. Um, and to do something that will change not only my life, but the lives of my children, that they can see that I, no matter what barriers got in the way, any hurdles, that I overcame them and that I did it. And I did it for them and I did it for us. And I mean, it is, it's truly life-changing. Um, my husband has now decided he wants to go back to school. Um, he wants to. He wants to teach. He wants to be a coach, um, and it it wouldn't have happened. This would not have happened for us um, without this partnership without Amarillo College. It means so much to me. It truly is life changing. The idea that I I'm not going to have to work till two o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. That I I will be home with my babies every night. That I will get to experience life with them again. It's it is truly truly life changing. It is so meaningful. I'm so excited to start this process. Um, I, I can't wait to be in the classroom. If you looked at my Pinterest right now, it would just be all, <laughs> all things that I have saved for my future classroom. I'm, I'm so excited. Well, we're excited for you, and we can't wait to hear about what it's like a year from now, two years from now, when you're in the classroom and teaching. Uh, you know, that, that's what this is theoretically supposed to be. This partnership was formed to be able to create moments just like this where someone says, my heart's fluttering when I think about the possibilities of me getting certified and walking in and standing in front of a classroom full of 20 or 25 kids and making a difference and impact in their lives and how that impacts the lives of me and my family and the future of education in the state of Texas. So we always say, once a sped talker, always, always a sped talker. So you've been on. We might come back around in the future to want to talk to you again. Jen, what do you want to say before All we wrap this up? All I want to say is if students are interested, if they want to reach out to Amarillo College, who do they contact? So they can reach out to me directly. Um, it's Dennis Serene, S-A-R-I-N-E. And if you just put that little chat bot, it'll give you all my contact information. And I'll not put it on the podcast, but our, our students know how to get a hold of us. So they usually have our cell phone address. Car we drive, they know how to get. We, okay. I mean, we are, and relentless may sound bad, but we're, we're relentless about their success. And so um, when we take a student into our education program, it is our goal to stay side by side 
the whole way through. So um, that's how Amarillo College and then um, Dennis Serene. Okay, thank you all for being here. Thank you for sharing your stories. We are excited for this partnership and what you guys are, are actually, the impact you're already having. So thanks for being here uh, with us today and um, welcome to another episode of SPED Talk. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.